Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning into the Gospel Light Radio Show. We're having some technical difficulty here, so let me know if you can hear me. I'm not on my microphone. I'm on my Plan B mic right now, so everything should be fine. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see. Your host is even Stevie R. Butler from the state of North Carolina with my co-host, uh, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas with my co-host, Courtney Carruthers, from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida. We're grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can give me a call to the Carolina Studios, CB's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our show for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington and Courtney Carruthers on the show this evening as they break into our listeners the bread of life 
And also my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson, as he answers the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you'll bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners this evening who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that their hearts may be pricked, that they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love with us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for this evening in the first segment will be my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question from my shout-out platform on social media, Facebook, that I'll be posing to my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson. He serves as the evangelist for the New Horizon Church of Christ there in Lake City, Florida. He'll be answering our question in that segment. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Courtney Carruthers, he serves as for the Colonial Village Church of Christ there in Chicago, Illinois. And he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice should be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Come on and send the light, send the light, oh. 
listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host dr frank washington and his subject waiting on god thank you brother stevie and thank you for all of those who are listening uh, to this great program uh, on tonight um we took a trip my family and i took a trip years ago um, to visit friends and family. And uh, we were told to be at the airport, um, you know, three hours early, and we got there like 4 o'clock in the morning because the flight was to leave at 8 a.m. So we sat there and waited. We had our luggage all checked in, and, and we were all checked in, sitting and, and waiting. And we got this message over the intercom that said, uh, your flight has been delayed. And so we were like, okay, well, that's probably typical this time of morning because uh, it was like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Then we got another uh, message two hours later that says, well, the plane still has not arrived. So now we get all antsy. We get, you know, concerned because, you know, we're going to be late for uh, our arrival uh, to, our, uh, to our destination in South America. Uh, so we're sitting there waiting and, you know, myself, my wife, my kids, and, uh, and some other family members who were with us. Uh, it was now about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning or in the afternoon. Uh, and we got another, you know, call over the intercom. Uh, well, we're just letting you know that the plane has arrived, but uh, we have no staff to work the plane. I mean, we got delayed after delay after delay. And we finally left the Fort Lauderdale or the Miami uh, airport at 8 p.m. And we arrived in our in our destination uh, at about one o'clock in the morning. So we were uh, delayed, but no one likes delays. But none of this diminishes the pain a person feels, you know, as days pass uh, and we continue fears. And whether it's the hours that throw throw off our plans caused by late planes. Uh, yield, unyielding traffic jams, 
days and weeks that are caused uh, by uncertainty, waiting for medical test results or decisions made by those outside of our sphere of influence, or even over the years and decades we suffer through wandering, uh, wondering if God will ever fulfill his promises. Uh, it's a human it's human to feel frustrated, to feel anxious. I mean, we all felt anxious and frustrated, you know, waiting on that flight. But even as if our hopes were dying within us. But why is that? Well, I think because uh, we lack control over our circumstances. Waiting on God is not an easy task to operate under. Let me say that again. Waiting on God is not. God has his own mind. He says, as far as the heaven is from the earth, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So waiting on God uh, is not an easy task to operate under. I know many times, you know, you hear Christians say, oh, they that, they quote Isaiah 40, oh, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mouth up with wings as eagles. Yeah, I mean, that's good talk, but unless you understand what it means to wait on God, you can, we can become really frustrated. Anybody out there other than me has ever been frustrated on delays uh, from hearing from God? Well, why is it? Again, it's because we lack control uh, over our circumstances. Someone else seems to be impeding our, pro- uh, our progress, uh, deciding how uh, the scant moments we've been given in this life will be spent and preventing us from enjoying the one thing we think will truly, truly make us happy. I, I can recall in Psalms 13, David cried out, Oh, how long, oh, Lord, how long? Anybody out there ever cried, Oh, how long, oh, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? Now, what you're hoping for, but I know that uh, you have listened to this program and you were drawn to this program for a reason. I also know that waiting on God is the most difficult lesson a Christian can learn. But the work is possible and achievable when we know who God is. You know, I can imagine that, like David, there was a lot of pain. Uh, in his heart, and there's a lot of pain in your heart uh, tonight. You can feel the Lord has uh, forgotten you or that he's found you undeserving of your dreams. Perhaps you even feel rejected or confused or even betrayed because he still hasn't given you what you've been uh, trusting him for. Now, all the while he's freely bestowing that job, that spouse, that child, Uh, that recognition, that promotion, that prosperity, or that blessing to people around you who don't even seem to realize or appreciate the amazing thing that God has done for them. You know, you you might want to, you know, say that, why not me? You know, what makes me so unworthy? Well, friends, brothers, sisters, I know it hurts more deeply than words can express. I've been there. I've done that. But please be assured. This lesson is going to help you. Please be assured there is always hope with our Heavenly Father. 
So let's begin this journey with a definition of what it truly means to wait on God, because this will help clarify where our hearts and minds uh, are supposed to be. Uh, we often make the mistake of thinking that his delays are just a waste of time, and we're to do nothing, you know, missed opportunities, and wish our lives away while he ignores us. However, that's not the case at all. First, the Lord is not neglecting us. He's not neglecting you, and he has not forgotten you. Isaiah 64 says, your heavenly father is working in the unseen on your behalf every single moment. That ought to give you a moment to pause and and be joyful and be happy. You know, you may not perceive him, and uh, and you could not possibly conceive how he is working out everything for you. Uh, Ephesians 3 uh, says, nor would you understand it all if you saw it. And this is by design, friends. So you will honor him as God and abandon yourself to his care. So And therefore, your responsibility is to set your heart on him and trust that your life uh, is safe in his all-powerful, wise, uh, and loving hands. Second, you are not just waiting around doing nothing. Now, People who anticipate the Father's instruction and intervention should continue serving him and, and carrying out their daily business. Uh, you have to keep seeking. You have to keep obeying. You have to keep knocking. You have to keep asking, you know, having uh, intimate friendship with him. You must persist in building your reputation or your relationship with the Heavenly Father, even when circumstances don't seem to be going your way. Okay, so that was number two. You are not just waiting around doing nothing. Number three, you are not missing worthwhile opportunities. Now, it may seem as if you are. You may seem, it may seem that you may be missing out on something. It may truly appear as if there is no better option on the horizon for you. But if God says no or wait about some possibility before you, trust him. Trust the Lord. Don't try to make it happen. Don't try to push the door open. Rather, count on his faultless wisdom to protect you from choices that will ultimately harm you. And number four, everyone you know is facing a delay in some area or another in their life. Yeah, you you can probably look around and see people enjoying the blessings that you are supposed to have. You may think you're the only one struggling with your particular issue. Uh, You're the only uh, you're the only one, you know, th- that God has not provided for, and and the things that you've asked for, the goals that you wanted, uh, you you still don't see them prospering in your life, and and such thoughts may stir up feelings of shame and disappointment, doubt, despair, because you wonder what's wrong with you. But I want you to listen to me clearly, friend. Realize that those thoughts of humiliation and defeat and doubt come from Satan, who is always trying to isolate and destroy you. First Peter uh, 5 says, uh, he reminds us that your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone, you and me, to devour. But the Bible says, firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So in every nation, there are people just like you and me 
waiting for similar blessings and experiences uh, or, and experiencing the same kind of feelings. In fact, throughout Scripture, you cannot find a man or woman whom God used in a powerful way who did not first face a long and difficult time of waiting. Amen? So don't despair. Rather, take it as the Father God special favor and guidance uh, in your life. So what can we draw from all this uh, that waiting on the Lord signifies and expectant endurance that's demonstrated by a directed, purposeful, active, and courageous attitude of prayer? That's it. We have to have a directed, purposeful, active, and courageous attitude of our prayer. Tonight, I want to talk uh, briefly about the courageous part uh, of our prayer, expectant endurance, which means we are willing to face adversity and forego good opportunities in order uh, to take hold of the Lord's very best uh, in our lives. Now, I hope you're ready for this. Uh, It's probably going to end up being a two-part lesson, uh, but I'll hopefully be back, Lord's will, next week uh, to kind of finish and, and, and wrap this up. So, uh, can you think of a time when you tried to, you know, hurry something up and, and you ended, ended up messing it up? This session is about uh, focusing on God and discovering his will and claiming his promises in order to make the most uh, of our seasons of waiting happen. But the truth of the matter is that the delays, remember, the delays can continue to be absolutely disheartening, especially when circumstances uh, still don't go your way or your burdens get heavier. And in the midst of your waiting time, moments may arise when all hope looks to be utterly gone and lost forever. We're going to confront these instances so you'll be able and prepared to handle them uh, as they emerge. But from all appearance, it may seem to you as if uh, God will never come through for you. Anybody ever felt that way? You know, you, you make your you make your prayer uh, known to God, and, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you don't think that something's going to happen. You know, what can you do when all around you is dark and foreboding and with no visible signs of reprieve? Well, what can possibly restore your courage and your confidence? Uh, anybody here have any experience about any of, of, of heartbreaking situations? Uh, that that have come before you, that have robbed you of your last strength and have robbed you of your resolution and your goals and your desires. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're like me, you, you, you got your hand up. But the days go by without any answers from prayers, then months and maybe even years. You, you've been praying and you've been praying and you don't see anything happening. You know, the, the, the sickness uh, the loss of your job that, you know, leads to financial difficulty. You have crisis in your life that results in conflict. It, you feel alone in this world. There's uncertainty, uh, and, all the, and all this stuff persists. And then more obstacles appear. You know, you get a bad medical report, unexpected expenses from these medical reports, disagreements, setbacks. Two steps forward, you get knocked ten steps back, and these setbacks, you couldn't have foreseen, and more crushing pressures. You feel like, you know, uh, a grape being crushed under your foot. All life is being pushed out. Well, the least words of criticism or unbelief 
from another person sends you reeling with hopelessness because they confirm your worst fears. What could go wrong has gone wrong. Everything has gone so wrong. And then you wonder, you know, is this my life now? Is my change, as they say, is my change going to come? Is this forever? You know, you struggle feeling the overwhelming temptation to give in, to utter despair and fall back into destructive, uh, destructive habits. You, you, you have addictions, overspending, overeating, gossip, you know, sexual sin, uh, self-condemnation or whatever, you know, you, you get into. It's, it's easy to do wrong. It's, it's easy to do wrong. But when you, when you, when you with God, you, you, it's not easy. Not easy being with God. You you have to fight a good fight, but sometimes you lose the fight, which mean, which leaves you feeling even more unworthy of God's gift. You know, living with God is not cheap. And let me say that again: living with God is not cheap. There is a price to pay if you are going to live and walk and have that relationship with God. And then your situation seems to be getting worse, not better. Not in the least. You wake up one day after trying to stir up them, you know, determination to continue pressing forward. But in your heart, you feel as if there's no way you can go on and no reason to try. Life seems doom and gloom. You know, can I get a witness on that? You've done a lot in your life. Uh, You can understand that. You know, people believe that because I live maybe in a Christian home, this this shouldn't be happening to me. I want you to note something. Just because, you know, your parents are Christians or you live in a Christian home or your mom or your your dad was a you know, a pastor or minister, that doesn't mean that life is going to be the same for you. It's not going to be the same for you. You know, Jesus must become real in your life in order for you to understand that the wait is possible. The wait for whatever you're waiting for is achievable when we know who God is and when we know that Jesus is real to us. Now, in Job 42, Job says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Many times we hear God, but not see God because we don't know what to look for. It was in this state of complete brokenness that a man named James Cash Penny discovered he did not need to be strong capable, self-sufficient, or perfect because God had already become all things to him. Now, as you listen to this today, you, you're you probably expecting devastating difficulties. You may be expecting de- de- uh, devastating difficulties or uh, are aware of impending challenges on the horizon that seem to crush every hope you have. You've been trying to set your focus uh, on the Father wholeheartedly and maybe even tearfully Uh, pursuing his will and claiming his promises. But the discouragement still overwhelms you. And then that's when God goes silent. 
in your life. But my friends, I, I want to stop by today to, to give you a piece of information. When you feel that God has gone silent in your life, when this happening, don't fear, don't fret. God is up to something. Amen. Hallelujah. When you feel that God has gone silent in your life, when that happens, trust me, God, this is because there's nothing that can purge you in the darkness of despair like a prolonged time of waiting with no end in view. But God is up to something, to your benefit. Now, you may wrestle constantly with whether or not you need to give up on your goals and dreams because you feel like you don't measure up and you will never deserve the good gifts you desire. Well, you wonder why the Lord doesn't change your heart or at least uh, make the rest of your life easier to manage as you wait, but he doesn't. God is up to something. He's up to something. So the focus of the lesson is when God go, when things go dark, stay on track. When things go dark, stay on track. Every night you go to bed thinking, oh, God, please, no more delays. I don't want any more delays in my life. Just give me what I asked for. But the pressures persist. Why? This is when the Lord is all in this. Why does he allow his children to face such dark moments? Well, this brings us to one point in our lesson, and that is uh, the requirement of waiting on the Lord. You have to have courage. Remember the definition. Waiting on the Lord signifies an expectant endurance that is demonstrated by a directed, purposeful, active, and courageous attitude of prayer. Courage, brothers and sisters, is a quality that enables us to endure suffering, danger, opposition, and the challenges of life with a solid foundation in God's provision and his protection. Now, it is this attribute of courage that stretched and refined in painful times in which we all uh, will experience at one time or another. Now, it's not easy to be courageous, especially in the darkest of moments uh, when we are shaken to the core of our being. Uh, there may be things in our lives that have gone wrong or that are going wrong, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And you're asking God for help. You're asking God for support. You're asking God, listen, have you forgot about me? You know, hey, I'm your child. You know, don't forget me. You know, you're, you're supposed to be here when I, when I need you. That's, but courage is a state of mind that's absolutely essential for the man or woman of God to, let me say that again, Courage is a state of mind that is absolutely essential for the man or woman of God to be victorious, to be triumphant. Listen, when everything looks bleak and there is no hope in view, we dauntlessly continue to trust that the Father is in complete control. When things look dark, don't worry. My father's in control. He's got this. We are not to give up because we have faith. We have that steadfast faith that the Lord is still God, and he has a wonderful plan for our lives. 
and we are willing to face whatever adversity and forego whatever good opportunities that offer temporary comfort in order to take hold of the very best the Lord, our God, our Father, has planned for us. He has a great plan for you and me. But we don't like the delays. We want stuff instantly. We want our grits instant. We want our pancakes right away. We want stuff right now. I don't want to wait. You know, the best food that I've that I've eaten in my in my life has been the food that has been prepared. You know, it, you know, you, you take each ingredient and you you mix it and you put it together. That for me has been the best meal. Even though I had to wait a while. Even though I had to wait, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, those people out there who know how to cook, you know the best food that's ever eaten is the food that's been prepared that takes a long time to make. Instant stuff, you know, that's temporary. After a while, you're you're hungry again. But God has a plan for us. So don't give up. Don't give up. When you wait on the Lord, it it, it involves – a lifestyle that's different than what we are normally used to. So how can you stay on track uh, when you're waiting on God with his purposes uh, for your life when everything seems so dark and you feel so alone and you feel isolated and you feel doubtful and you have all this despair? And how can you bravely take hold of the truth that God will take care of you? God will take care of you. Well, uh, to answer these questions, uh, we're going to look at it next week to finish this lesson up. But to answer these questions, you have to look at the life of one uh, of the great leaders in Scripture. You think you got problems? Uh, Joseph, a young man who understood walking through darkness with courage and termination, he understood it. But for 13 years, 13 years, you think you got problems? You think just because you waited, you know, a a week, a month, a year, this young man waited for 13 years. He waited through increasingly worsening conditions until God raised him up to be one of the most important figures in Jewish history. He had to wait. Now, that's a wait for you. But are we willing to wait like that? Do we have the courage? Do we have the stamina to wait on God like that? You may not get it. You may not get your answer this week. You may not get your change this week. You may not get it next month. You may not get what you're praying for, you know, next year. But can you wait? Can you wait? He says, as far as the heaven is from the earth, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You can't think about what God's doing. You just have to let God be God. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And that's where we run into problems. We try to second-guess God. But I stop by to tell you to don't do that. My thoughts, God says, are not yours. He says, my way. The way I handle things, God says the way I do things, the way I move, you can't move. So if his thoughts are more than your thoughts, 
are better than your thoughts and his ways are better than your ways, then it, it, as a child of God, we should let God be God. Let him do what he can do. Because anytime we try to circumvent and anytime we try to push forward and push that door open, we will find ourselves in a situation that we are not ready for. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? We end up blaming God. But it's not God's fault. You jump the gun. You jump the gun. Many times we jump the gun. We wait, but we can't wait anymore. I just got to have it now. I just got to have that job now. So I got to get some. Wait on the Lord. It's not easy. It's not easy. It is not an easy. And if anybody, if anybody tells you that waiting on God is an easy task to operate under, you tell them to, you know, give me a call. It is not an easy task. Anyone that God has ever chosen to lead his people or do great things for his children, it was not easy. It was not easy. Nobody had an easy, an easy opportunity. You can ask David. You can ask you know, Joseph. You can ask Paul. You know, those guys didn't have it easy. They didn't have it easy. But they had the courage. They had the courage uh, to wait on the Lord. Now, next week, we're going to talk about walking with God through uh, the darkness. You know, sometimes uh, we feel like walking in darkness, as though we don't know where to go. And perhaps uh, you can recall Joseph's story. From early on, he appeared to be a bright, promising young man, although he was uh, one of 13. His father, Jacob, had 12 boys, one girl. Joseph certainly stood out among the siblings. Unfortunately, this was not always a good thing. And if you read Genesis 37, uh, you'll be ready to listen to what we have to say. So I, I thank you, and I hope that you know the first part of this lesson has helped uh, someone, I hope it's been helpful for you to understand what it means uh, to wait on God. This is just the background information on what it means to, to wait on God. Next week, we're going to try to conclude this lesson by talking about uh, walking with God uh, through darkness. Jacob, and we're going to use uh, the story of Joseph. Joseph uh, walked with God through the darkness. He was in jail. He was 13. Can you, can you imagine 13 years uh, being accused of something that wasn't your fault was you know, you 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 put in a pit you left for dead people lie about you people stab you in the back it's thirteen years I, I can't imagine I don't think I can do it just honest brothers and sisters I don't I don't think I can do it. thirteen years I, no I I don't think I can do it it would be y'all would have to really pray good and hard for me because I tell you it it's hard it's hard to wait a week. But God is who he is, and I am thankful that uh, I serve him with all my heart. I have faith uh, that he will bring forth the great things in my life, uh, and he, he will do the same uh, same for you. So, again, I hope this lesson was helpful. Uh, come back next week, and we'll finish this lesson uh, on waiting on God. Thank you for your time, and until then, stay in God's grip. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the broadcast where I have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out, and we want to pose this question to my co-host. We also want to encourage our listeners to just get involved in those biblical discussions there on social media, Facebook. Now, my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson, uh, he serves as the evangelist for the New Horizon Church of Christ there in Lake City, Florida. Robert Lee Johnson, how you doing, my brother? Doing great, sir. Now, are you live on Facebook right now? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, here's the question that I have for you. It's from uh, Sean Woods from the state of Louisiana. And his question is, should Christians be supporting 
political parties since we all agree that they are corrupt and do not support Christian values? What say you to this question? Well, thank you, Stephen, for the opportunity uh, to be here. Uh, And it's always exciting uh, for me to uh, have this opportunity uh, to speak with the uh, uh, our radio audience, and I'm always grateful and thankful for opportunities to uh, stand before men and share the word of God with them. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, question, and I trust uh, that the word of God will be helpful in selling this. Uh, particular uh, issue. So should Christians uh, support political parties since we all agree that they are corrupt and do not support Christian uh, values? Now, some of of this question uh, one might agree with and other parts some may not agree with for I don't know that all of us agree uh, that the parties are uh, corrupt some may not know if corruption really lives there so I would say should Christians support political parties he says since we all agree that they they're corrupt I do believe that a lot of people believe that both parties are corrupt. Our political parties in general are corrupt. And so to that, I would I would simply uh, say uh, some of their corruptness is open. And as Paul said the other day, some of that corruptness uh, may go uh, before the judgment, and some of it may be uh, hidden. But however the uh, situation is, uh, I think it is a question that begs uh, to be given a biblical uh, answer. And so let me try to do the very best that I can. I think that there are some things that we need to remember uh, about politics, there are some things that we need uh, to really be aware of. Political discourse is the way of politics, not Christianity. Politics is the environment in which our sin is excused uh, through the political uh uh, way many find a way to excuse just about every sin that you could think of. Uh, what about hate? Well, hatred is weak at, fear is perpetuated, and strife is applauded. Go wild, Christ follower. Your words have no consequences in the political field of politics. We wonder sometimes if Jesus is here. Jesus does not live 
in the political arena. Everything changes, and these changes take place all of the time. Not only are believers excused for their political indiscretions, but they're often applauded for committing them. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's strange how much uh, and how many things people are willing to forgive uh, through the disguise of pol- politics. Slander is explained away as righteous anger. When an argument are esteemed higher than truthful ones, whether or not the facts align, and those who stir up dissension are given the pulpit. So we need to balk sometimes when ministers and preachers tell us the church should engage in the political process. There are people that will come on the radio and come on the television, influential men nonetheless, and they would tell you who to vote for. Vote for this candidate, but don't vote for the other candidate. And and so we need to be uh, aware of people who try to influence us uh, through the voting process. Uh, I think that politics is a strange bedfellow. Uh, You see, why would we engage in the political process? The political process is dirty, as the questioner suggested. He said it was corrupt. The political process is dirty, it is broken, and it is far from Jesus Christ. Paranoia and vitriol are highly attractive accessories for the bride of Christ. And so we want the church to do what the church needs to do. And the real, the first, the primary thing that the church needs to do is to follow Christ, uh, to love God, and to love the way of God. And so rather than engaging in the political process, Christians have a duty to elevate it. Like any other sin, we are called to stand above the partisan dissension and demonstrate a better way. Should we have an opinion? You betcha. Should we care about our country? You betcha. So, yes, we should vote. Yes, we should care about our country. But it's time that we talk politics in a way that models the teachings of Jesus rather than just mocking the teachings of Christ. Now, I want to share some things that we should remember as we engage in politics. Number one, both political parties go to church. Democrats go to church. Republicans go to church, there's a Christian left, and perhaps even less well-known, there's a secular right. Larry T. Decker is a lobbyist and head 
of the Secular Coalition for America. He's an unaffiliated Christian, but his entire job is devoted to keeping religion out of the U.S. government. He's a Republican. Party lines are drawn in chalk, and they are not hard to cross. And so the church must be engaged in politics, but it must not be defined by the arbitrary lines in politics. Yes, yes, yes. We have to keep that in mind. Secondly, I would say this. Political talk radio and cable news, they only want ratings. When media personalities tell you they are on a moral crusade, they are lying to you. These personalities get rich by instilling fear and paranoia in their listeners. If we give our favorite political uh, analogs more time than we give to Jesus, we are following the wrong master. That's the thing that sometimes we don't understand. There are people who spend hours and hours and hours on Facebook and other media uh, bodies, and 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 they are standing up and supporting their political way. They spend much time supporting their political way. But ask them to attend a Bible class on Sunday morning. Ask them to attend a Bible class on Wednesday night. Ask them to come to the Sunday service, both a.m. and p.m., and, boy, you better hurry and get out of their way. (laughs) You're going to hear something that doesn't sound Christian. If we give our favorite political ideology more time than we give Jesus, my friends, we're following the wrong master. These are unbiased, logical, and accurate news uh, sources. That is, there are unbiased, logical, and accurate news sources out there somewhere. But it's up to you to be a good steward of information. We have to find the right way that that deals with politics and the political way. We need to find what is right and what is true and follow that. In other words, what we really need to do is to fact check ourselves. Take ideology with a grain of salt and make decisions based on facts rather than gospel. Thirdly, uh, this evening, I would say those who argue over politics don't love their country more than others. I mean, because you sit behind the golden mic and talk and talk and talk, that doesn't mean you love your country more than someone else. These people just love to argue more than others. Strife and quarreling are symptoms of weak faith. The Bible so said. And they are among the things that the Lord detests. The Bible says in Proverbs ten twelve, hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. Proverbs ten twelve. In Second Timothy two, twenty three through twenty five, the Bible says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid 
knowing that they do gender stripes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness. Uh, or rather, the Bible says he must be patient. And in meekness, the, the Scripture says, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Second Timothy two twenty three through twenty five, and then the Bible says in the book of James chapter four and verse number one, from which cometh wars and fightings among you, the Bible says, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members. And so I said we need to rise above the vitriol and. Learn to love our neighbors the way God commanded us to. We need to love our atheist neighbor who wants to keep creationism out of schools. We need to love our Democrat neighbor who wants to keep gay marriage and abortion legal. Some of them do. And so our Republican neighbor who celebrates the death penalty uh, statistics and gun ownership and Yes, even the presidential candidate from the other side. Some people pray when their man is in office, but if their man loses, they won't pray for the other person. And so I'm I'm saying that's not a good thing. So thinking your party's platform unflawed is a mistake. The Democratic Party is not perfect, but Neither is the Republican Party. The social policies of your party were constructed by imperfect politicians, fueled by ambition. It's nearsighted to canonize these people, and it makes you obsolete in a few years. Every four years, the parties adopt a current updated platform at, at their respective conventions, while they stay on general track, every four years, the, the platform evolves to meet the needs of a growing, modernized, and changing party. The Republican Party of today doesn't look like the Republican Party 30, 20, or even 10 years ago. We need to know when to change our views, to meet a changing culture and when we need to stand by them. Number five, Scripture tells us to pray for our governing leaders. I pray for the Republican president. I pray for the Democratic president. I pray for all men and those who are in authority. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, Paul said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The Bible says, Further, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him 
who had chosen him to be a soldier. And then if you would, read Romans 13, 1 uh, through 7. I'm headed toward uh, my conclusion, and uh, I don't want to take up more time uh, than is needed. So we don't need to mock governing leaders. Uh, On Facebook, uh, the Holy Spirit is grieved when we attack one another in that fashion. We should spend more time honoring our leaders and less time vilifying them. Listen, the Bible says in the book of Peter, Peter said to the Christians, he said, honor the king. We don't have a king today, but we have a president. So that's why we should pray for a Republican president. We should pray for a Democratic president. Preach, Brother Johnson. And don't pray, don't pray that uh, if the person in office is not your choice, don't pray that the president uh, becomes impeached. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That's contrary to God's will. And so don't be a paranoid man or woman. The country is not going to be destroyed if your candidate loses. That's right, I said it. The country is not going to be destroyed if your candidate loses. I've seen Reagan. I've seen Trump. I've seen Carter. I've seen the Bushes. I've seen Obama. And now I see Joe Biden. I pray for every last one of them. In 2 Timothy 1 7, the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stand up and demonstrate what God has given you. America has functioned has functioned, albeit at varying levels of success. For years, under the direction of alternating Democrat and Republican control, and the world is still standing. And so as a church, we must believe in God. We must believe that God is in control and that God uh, will make sure that our nation is successful if we follow him. And I close with this thought. Please stop saying that this is the most important election in the history of our nation. It's not. Somebody said the most important election in the history of our nation was when Abraham Lincoln was elected president. Before that, we thought it was okay to own people. Every generation thinks it's living in the most important moment in history. I'm thankful thankful to God for being a child of God. And so we're not our parents. We certainly don't think like them. And we're not our children. And uh, we don't want to be. And that's okay. But wherever you stand today, Believe in something, stand for something, love God, love Christ, love your brothers and sisters, and love this country. I know we have a lot of 
problems in America. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know anywhere else that I would want to live than in America. We are free. We love God, and we're to love one another. Thank you so much for listening to the radio broadcast today. Thank you, Stevie, for the opportunity to express my understanding of God's word on this question, and I want to thank the young man for the question. May God bless you. If you need further uh, information, please give me a call, and I'd be happy to talk further with you. Have a great day. May God bless you. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I'll admit it, y'all. The struggle is real. And sometimes I faith it gets a little weak. Over the years, y'all, I've found out. Oh, God, God is So we don't have to worry ourselves about it, y'all. So I just keep telling myself these two words. God can. God can. My God, He can. Oh, He can. Tried Him and I know. That I know he could do it for me right now There's a time in every life Trouble comes Then we stop and wonder why Especially when you're trying to do the right thing <laughs> Can I get a witness? Oh Lord Why this tears and why this pain? God, my throat is weak I need some things to change Calling on your Lord, Lord. Then I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to my situation. Dry your eyes, it's alright. God always supplies your needs. So I put my trust in Thee, cause I know You can. I know you can. He's got all power in his hand. Oh, you gotta trust and believe. You gotta have faith to repent. You gotta know you can. Lord, and even in your darkest hour, you can't see your way through. See, I know you thought it was over, but but I can see the sun. Oh, he can do anything. Grace, unmerited favor. Standing here by God's power. There's a power. Oh, Lord. In weakness, I found strength. I found the peace and confidence. 
listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host Courtney Carruthers, subject are you sure thank you brother stevie for the opportunity to come on, to be a part of this program as we spread the gospel to all men and women that are in need of salvation and to have their Hope strengthened by the word. I appreciate uh, the privilege and, the, and it's an honor to be a part. Today we want to look at a familiar, uh, a familiar thought that that rings out through, through all life aspect about being sure. And our scriptural text for this evening is Colossians chapter one, and the verse is twenty three. Colossians one, verse twenty three. I want to thank the previous speakers who went ahead of me for their message and clarity of message and the life application of the message to keep us steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. The question, should Christians uh, participate in the election, was, 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 well, was answered well. Uh, wisely uh, to give us understanding that regardless of who is running an office, a city, a, a state, or even as the president, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And we're going to show that as it correlates with the previous message today, 
why it is important to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And now, when I mean eyes, I'm simply talking about the heart of our, the the heart of our mind, the eyes, which means we our heart is paying attention to Jesus. And as we pay attention to Jesus, we'll have better faith. We'll have a better assurance of hope that whatever this world encounters, we are still safe in the arms of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we serve a Jesus, a God, who can make a way out of no way. He made a way for Moses as they were leaving Egypt by dividing and parting the Red Sea. He made a way for Joseph when he took him from the prison to the palace. He made a way for David fighting the lie with just three stones. He made a way even for us. Those of us who are living and are alive recognize that we all could have not been here today but because of his grace and mercy. We are here today to make why? To make our calling and our lesson sure through Jesus Christ. We have according to the Bible, a now salvation, an imperative salvation that we need to make assurance, have assurance or assure ourselves that we are saved, that is rescued by the blood of Jesus. Acts 22 and 16 says, And now why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 6, 2 says, Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Peter concludes it in 1 Peter 3, 21, The light figure went to baptism does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And as before I read the main passage, let me express that you can we are not afforded another day only by grace do we are we do we receive another day therefore listen we cannot rest assured that when men teach us to wait to the first Sunday of the month we may make it there when man teaches to wait to the fourth Sunday of the month we may make it we, we, we may not make it there even in some religion they'll tell you to go a whole year before you before they'll accept you in their faith we may not even see next year. Many people are dying daily. That's why the Bible says, James, what is your life? It is nothing more than a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanish away. So we come to give clarity of context of thought pertaining to the scripture why men must accept Jesus before it's everlasting too late. We don't want to be like the uh, rich man who was fed sumptuously every day. And there was a man at his table named Lazarus who begged for his crumbs. And they both died. Lazarus went to the bosom of Abraham, and uh, the rich man went to hell. He lifted up his eyes, and he said, Give me some water. Let Lazarus dip his finger into some water so that he may cool my tongue. 
And Jesus said, there's a great gulf fixed between you and I. You, he cannot come to you, nor you can go to him. Then he said, send men or people to my brother that they may not come to this place of torment. Well, once you die, you cannot evangelize from hell. We come today to spread the seed of salvation so that you can stop what you're doing and be arrested, have your attention arrested by the amazing grace of Jesus and answer that great call. Would you accept Jesus tonight? Will you accept him tonight? For tomorrow is not promised unto us. Now, listen what the word of God says then in Colossians 1 and verse 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. In other words, I want to express to you tonight from the word a subject, a timely subject, are you sure? Last two years, uh, we've been bombarded with the as our last speaker was talking about the political choices of people choosing leaders. Um, our political arena has debated, confused, and outright allowed many people to die due to their misunderstanding of how to protect people from the virus. Those who are concerned about their life concerned about their friends and concerned about their co-workers um, did what was they believed was necessary. Now watch the phrase, believe. They wanted the assurance, even if it was not uh, theoretically proven to be the right thing, they, took a, they made the choice to get vaccinated. And still today, we're arguing about the surety of being vaccinated. <laughs> well, those who were vaccinated were able to combat the ability of catching COVID. Now, they're celebrating, Stevie, about being able to take off their mask and rejoice. And there are some who are still making sure that they do not catch it or harm other people by still wearing the mask. I come by this evening to ask you, are you sure that regardless of the debates we have about religion, salvation, what church to attend, who is, what church is right, what, what dogma of faith is right, the validity of the scripture proves this, that Jesus died, buried, and rose again. That's the priest. That is the, 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 the heart of the gospel. The good news is that Jesus died, buried, and rose again. And men were given their hope to that message. And they put their faith in the gospel of Jesus. And I mentioned what I mean by the gospel is the definite article denoting one gospel to bring men to Christ, and that is the death, burial, and resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 and following. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Paul even talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 uh, about the assurity 
Now, what about this text here? Well, before we get to the t- breaking down the text, I want us to recognize one one thing here is that there are many gospels out there, but there's one gospel that saves. There are many theories out there, but there's only one true fact that those who are vaccinated are still living, and those who are just gambling are risking their opportunity to live. And there are some who are gambling the grace of God. What church should I attend? My mama attend this church. My daddy attend this church. Uh, I can't, uh, whether or not I can find in the Bible, it just feels right. God never asked us to go by feeling. He asked us to go by faith approved, approval of the, uh, having our faith assured by the approval, by the approval of the word of God, what he approved for us to do. And that is believe that Jesus Christ is the source of our, our salvation. Well, what does he recommend to show our belief? That we hear the word of God. Romans 10, 10, 17, so then faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Matthew 10, 32 and 38, that we repent of our sin, make a turn away from sin, Luke 13, 3 and 5, Acts 2, 38, and then be buried with him in the water of very baptism. This is what we're going to be looking at. Uh, and out of Colossians for a few minutes now. Uh, so let's, let's, let's work this thought here. Are you sure? The previous thing that I was mentioning about being sure is that people are gambling. They're being told you don't have to. They're, some are being told they should. Others are putting their faith in what they believe will help them to stay alive. We want you to put your assurance in what is a proven fact from the gospel, God's word, so you can stay alive and live with Jesus for eternity. Don't you want to live eternity with Jesus? Well, this is what one must do. They must continue in the things that they have heard. And we're going to talk about, are you sure? We live in a world that depends on, a, uh, on living by a phrase called, are you sure? It is from this phrase that all the military in the world will double check for any security leaks. It is from this phrase that all major financial institutes have incorporated security codes. It is from this phrase, are you sure, that some neighborhoods have what is called neighborhood watch programs, and just in case the neighborhood watch programs are not strong at watching, the homeowners have installed security laws within their home because residents within the neighborhood have come to understand that you can never be too sure. So are you sure? In other words, they are following a principle that is called you can never be too sure. Therefore, just make sure make sure everything is right and everything is secure. And the only way we can make sure that what is right for our walk with God, our relationship with God, is that we stay what is written in the word according to the contextual uh, teachings of God based upon what the subject is. And the subject is that we continue in the word. And if you're not in the word, you need to get in the word. Now, let me, type, let me highlight this thought. The word is living. The word is, 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 is solid. The word is steady. The word breathes into us over and over a rich life. It is, it is a moving ability to produce living cells to keep us growing through all adversities, as our first speaker was talking about, uh, waiting on the Lord and knowing that the Lord will come through. And we got in order to know that the Lord will come through, we got to continue in the word. So are you sure that when trouble comes, you can still trust him? Are you sure that when, when, when night comes, you can still have daylight in your, in your night? 
Are you sure that you, when you're walking through the tunnel, you have light in the tunnel, not only at the end of the tunnel? Are you sure that when death comes, you can say amen to God because your loved one has gone on the glory? And now the pivotal question, are you sure that you're saved? Are you sure that you're saved? Well, let's look at it now. In Colossians 1.23, the Bible says these words. In Colossians 1.23, um, again, he says, if you continue in the faith, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I call him made a minister. In Colossians 1.23, the apostle Paul encourages the saints of God to, to towards a precautionary measure that will allow them to just be sure that their salvation is right with God through Jesus. For we find this to be so from the following scriptures of Colossians. Colossians 1, 14 through 15 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, which is who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. It is from this scripture that the word redemption was not that Jesus uh, was, was bargaining with Satan, but that he cleared all, all uh, 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 um, judgment, all judgment that Satan was putting on us, all, all false all the accusations that Satan was throwing towards us, he took care of it by erasing it with his blood and giving us assurance that we are no longer handled or, 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 or persecuted or could be prosecuted by the sins we have because Jesus took care of the sins by blotting it out with his blood. Uh, he redeemed us from the slave market of sin and have allowed us to be translated into the kingdom. The word translated, according to um, to Colossians, simply lets us know that Jesus um, took us from an atmosphere that was not allowing us to concentrate on God and moved us into an atmosphere where we could always be thinking of God, seeing God, and living, growing in God. We live in a world today that does not give us the freedom without a struggle to pay attention to God. This is why we have to be moved, taken out of a one atmosphere to another atmosphere where we can always think about God regardless of our trouble, always thinking about God regardless of our setbacks, always thinking about God regardless of the challenges we receive for being called a Christian and, a, and also the debate of mind, the debate of teaching or uh, dialogue we get in about what church should we attend? Should we be baptized? Can babies be baptized? Can a woman preach? Can a woman be an elder? Can a young man at 23 be an elder? Uh, 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 do we do we go to church on on the Sabbath or do we go to church on the first day of the week? If one really understood the Word of God, they would not have to be entangled with false doctrine that is that Jesus never approved. Even the Bible says that in a lot of times, for Second Timothy chapter four, verse one, that in a lot of times some shall depart from the faith. The faith denotes one 
faith. And the one, um, when we talk about denoting the one faith, we're talking about what Jesus requires. When we say faith, we're talking about our response to what Jesus requires. If I was to close before I go any further, I would say this. How do we know, friends, the faith that Jesus requires? Well, doctrine of scriptures or, 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 or activities of scriptures to bring men to salvation shows the parallel of the same thing, men being sent, men being sent by the same source, speaking by the same source, and saving from the same source. I want you to pay attention to this. The question is, how am I sure that what you are telling me as, as one speaking now, that I could be, I could attest that this is right based upon what you said. And what I said is that we don't have to wrestle whether or not we ought to worship God on the first day or the Sabbath day. We don't have to wrestle whether or not a baby can be baptized. We don't have to wrestle whether or not a woman can preach or lead the church or a young man who's a part of the Mormon faith is called an elder if we understand the source of the scripture. Well, let me break it down again. We know because there's consistency in the word. There's never inconsistency. The same source that sent the apostles is the same source that gave the apostles the same message, and it's the same source that told the apostle how to keep get folks saved. Well, let's look at the same source that said. The source is the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord said, tarry in Jerusalem. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from a high, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2 says that on the day of Pentecost, these men were, 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 were given the Spirit, and they all began to speak with tongues. And on the ninth hour, the men said, these men are drunken. Then Peter said, no, these men are not drunken. This is that which is spoken by Joel, Joel the prophet, that your young men shall uh, drink dreams, that your old men shall drink dreams, young men shall see vision. Going down, talking about the divided kingdom. Then after they preached the, 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 the thoroughness of the message leading up to Jesus, the men said in Acts 2.37, when they are pricked in their hearts, men and brethren, what shall we do? <laughs> Peter said in Acts 238, repent and be baptized. Watch, watch, the, watch the transition and the content, continuity of the transitional thought. Starting with Acts 238, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Going down a little further in Acts chapter, in, um, in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Uh, well, Acts chapter 8. Let me go there. Acts chapter 8. Same spirit sent the same man, sent another man, speak from the same source, to, to was sent by the same source, spoke from the same source, and saved by the same source. In Acts 2.38, they were saved by the water. Now, look at, look at Acts chapter 8. Uh, uh, Philip in the Ethiopian unit. The spirit told Philip, go down to Jerusalem. You'll find a man of Ethiopia. Go straight to Gaza. You'll find a man of Ethiopia reading from the book of Isaiah. I want you to run near his chariot. And when Philip got near the chariot, he said, do you understand what you're reading? The word understand comes from a word from the original word, Ardego. It means, are you, are you sure you're being guided the right way? And we're here to encourage folks 
to be guided the right way. Well, how can I be guided the right way? You've got to follow the guide, which is the word of God, and look at the consistency, not the inconsistency. The consistency that we're talking about here is that the same spirit that took Peter and, and the apostle to Jerusalem had to speak from that spirit and to have men saved it's the same spirit that is now telling Philip to go down Gaza and to speak to the Ethiopian unit. And he must have spoken water because when it came to the water, when it came to a certain area in the desert, the Ethiopian unit said, see, here is water. What is hindering me from being baptized? Now, did not the Bible say in Acts 38, repent and be baptized? The same thing that we said, that the same thing that was said in Acts 38, the eunuch is saying, what is hindering me to be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they went both down into the water. Philip baptized in the eunuch. The eunuch came up and went on his way rejoicing. One other scripture. Follow the transitional consistency. Acts chapter 10. The same spirit spoke to Peter, uh, to, to Cornelius. And the same spirit that spoke to Cornelius spoke to Peter, Simon Peter. The, Cornelius, the spirit went to Cornelius' house, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. And Cornelius was praying with his whole house. And the Bible says that his prayers came up as a, as a memorial to God, which is that all men would be saved. He said, I want you to send men to Joppa who, and find Simon, who is lodging with Simon the Tanner, or Peter the Tanner, and, and, and he will be shown what to do. When they got to Simon and they asked for Simon Peter, Simon Peter preached unto Cornelius and his household the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter 10, um, the Bible says that they all begin to speak with tongues as a declaration, not as a declaration that they are able to go witness to others, not as a sign of propheticness of being able to say you receive a spirit and, and that you're supposed to speak in tongues, no sir, no man. Because when folks speak in tongues, they speak to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, moving forward, they said, the Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be saved? And he commanded them to be baptized. What did I just do according to the scriptures? According to the scriptures, I shown from the regularity of contextual things, just be sure that the step of being sure, having our faith assured, is that there is consistency and the transitional thought of salvation. Now, never did I go to, I did not go to any scripture. You're not going to find any scripture in the Bible that says inconsistently, go lay your hands or something. Inconsistently, just pray. Or inconsistently, hear only. Or inconsistently, confess only. Because Romans 10, 9, 10. Um, confession, so that, so uh, Romans 10, 9, 10. For what the heart man believeth unto, the prepositional phrase unto means you are close to getting there. And what the mouth confession is made unto, you're still not there, will get you there. Not only must you believe and confess unto, but you must be baptized into. Now I wanna, I'm going to do a sermon called Unto, Into, the Into. <laughs> unto, to the Into. Because our world, our religious world, is banking their salvation on the untoiness, not the intuitive. The Bible speaks about the in him phrases, the in two phrases, that we have connection with Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. He's dwelling in us, not unto, but into. And so we have to recognize, my friends, my brothers and sisters, that there is consistency in the word of God. I got to close. 
I, I know how to get to all the messages, but I, I try my best to stick with the point. The first point that I would have stuck with is simply called, according to the text of Colossians 123, it's faith, uh, Colossians 123a. And then the second point would have been foundation, which is Colossians 123b, about the foundation. Paul uses the word grounded to uh, grounded. He is simply referring to the stability of the of the confidence of their faith, which also relates for to the re, region of their faith. For in the region of the city of Colossus, there was some who some was some area some areas that was known for having unexpected but yet frequent earthquakes. So Paul uses those phrase these areas to make application to some of the wavering faith of those who were on the verge of veering away from the truth. And this is why Paul uses the word translated us in Colossians 1.13, to help us to realize that we were once living in an unstable environment that was causing us to stumble, causing us to fall, causing us to trip over things. And that environment for which Jesus took us out of was called the environment of darkness. Now he invited us, according to Colossians 1.13, and to the environment of life, that wherever I step, I won't stumble. Wherever I walk, I won't walk. Wherever I travel, I won't trip, because I'm walking and holding on to God's unchanging hand. And the only way we make the metaphor for holding on to God's unchanging hand is keeping God's word in our hands and in our hearts, to stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the word of the Lord. God bless you. May he keep you. Keep you strong and know that we serve a God that is a way-making God. Know that we serve a God who is not just a light at the end of the tunnel, but he's a light in our tunnel to take us all the way uh, through to eternity. You've got to be saved, my brother. You've got to be strengthened and stabilizing your faith. If you're not a child of God, you again, you come by hearing the word of God, which you heard today, <laughs> believing that word, repenting, and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, you can go to any church in your area. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you are, who you are. But if you are touched and you by the message and you are seemingly giving clear witnessing to the text of thought, why not stop what you're doing, contact the local church of Christ in your area, and say, I need to be saved because tomorrow is not promised unto me. God bless you. May we pray. Father in heaven, we pray for those souls that are listening tonight that they will have an understanding why they need to, why they are living. They're not living because they're just great or careful. They're living by the great grace of Christ. Please give them an assurance, that, a, a, a surety of faith, that when they are buried with him in the water of baptism, they are on the way to heaven. Block Satan from causing an obstacle and that will not allow them to be obedient to the gospel. Thank you for Stevie being this broadcast, and may we continue to touch many souls. Thank you for the door of opportunity to reach those that are lost. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me, Jesus? As I kneel at your throne, dear Lord. And although my brother, he will always criticize and accuse, yes, he will, but I know that my Jesus, he will make me 
in his mercy that we're here today. Because the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And see, repentance, that's the key. Because in repentance, that's where you learn to turn around. And God gives you a second chance. You turn from selfishness. Turn towards godliness. You turn from anger. Turn toward joy. You turn from hatred. And turn towards love. My brother, my sister, God will give you a second chance. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. We certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on Blog Talk Radio as well as on social media. I want to thank our co-hosts on the show tonight. All of my co-hosts did a great job in their proclamations of the gospel of Christ as well as Brother uh, Johnson as he answered our question Great question that was asked and great answer that was given. Very uh, well thought out response that was given to that question. I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are just so thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. It is our prayer that the lessons that were given on the show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stephen R. Butler. I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know 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 that heaven is my goal. Call me and I'll go. I tell you I'm not saying. Lord, I hear the streets are paved with pure and gold. Breath of God flow gently through my soul. I 
Radio Show. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show, episode 263. This may be the last time. This may be the last time, children. This may be the last time. It may be the last time. I don't this may be the last time, baby. This may be the last time, children. Yeah, baby. Be the last. 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.